Why, hello there, dead and lovely listeners. It's your good buddy, Uncle Ben, and I'm joined by... Me, Hollywood Steve. And we are dead and lovely, your absolute favorite horror movie review podcast in this multiverse. And the next, we're here today to be talking about Horlock. Horlock, is there an H in there? Yeah, there's a there's an H in there. Horlock. Although mm-hmm. I will say this, man, honestly, considering that this is a movie about a male witch character, they should have called it Man Witch. <laughs> right? Man Witch. Yes. Yes, they should have called it Man Witch. And they should have, of course, had a branding deal with Man Witch. There we go. This is like the Hagazoo sub all over again, right? <laughs> Yes, the man witch man witch. That sounds like a joke that would be in this movie. It kind of does, honestly. Did you say man witch? I can get you one from the refrigerator. No, man witch. Man witch. It's a better name. Like, why did yeah. we go from witch to warlock? Why didn't we just call it witch and man witch? Well, I mean, technically, warlock doesn't mean man witch. But we'll get into that later. Okay, we'll get into that later. And if you want to get right on to the movie review, there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description. But everybody knows that only losers and dweebs skip the good stuff of the show up front. Because we're going to be catching up, talking about what we've been watching, and uh, taking a little visit to the preview palace. But yeah, if you want to be a square, check out that timestamp. Isn't that right, Steve? Yeah, I'm sure there's a square listening right now who's like, well, yeah, that's perfect for me. I, yeah, totally. I am a square. Seven. Yeah, uh-huh, that's me. Yeah. A dweeb. <laughs> How you been doing this week, man? Uh, yeah, good. D- d- uh, my gym was closed for a couple days, and my dog has been uh, panicking for the past three nights because of fireworks. But Oh, my God, dude. Fucking fireworks. Ugh. Yeah, so a little bit of anxiety right now because I haven't gotten to work out in a couple days, and, and you know, my dog's been all shitty. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Not shitty, mm-hmm. but feeling shitty. Yeah, uh, but beyond that, I've been I've just been chilling. I've been having a good time. Been uh, been watching a whole lot of movies. Been oh yeah, how's that noggin of yours doing? You all uh, concussion recovered, or are you still concussed? I feel concussion recovered, but my ears are still ringing. So, oh yeah, yeah. Let's hope that goes away. Otherwise, Is this what the song the "Keep Your Heads Ringing"? Is that what that was about? I believe Keep it was head, about uh, slamming someone's head in the concrete. Yep. Hardcore, man. Hardcore. Yeah. Well, I mean, you forgot about Dre, it turns out. <laughs> what have you been watching with those peepers of yours? <laughs> I, I've watched so much stuff, dude. I watched a little movie called Lake Placid. Maybe Lake you heard of it. Lake Placid. This is like a, a movie about people whose boners don't work, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a porn movie where you uh, you go to this. It's like... For for people who have trouble getting erections, they have people fuck in front of you, and then like by the end of the scene, you've got an erection. Lake Flaccid wins again, and it's uh, also it's got Betty White in it. Oh, okay, Betty White. All right. Yeah, it's out of Lake. That helps, you know, for the porn. I don't know. <laughs> Sound travels better on water. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that helps. And somehow. that helps the boners. It, it helps the bon- boners. Love sound. Is what we've discovered out here at Lake Flaccid. Call us <laughs> at Lake Flaccid. You know, I've actually never seen that movie. You haven't? Why not? Huh. I don't know. We guess we should probably do it on the show sometime. You've seen The Wraith more than once and you haven't seen Lake Placid? Come on. 
I don't know how that's a worthy comparison at all. The Wraith is a masterwork. Well, you haven't seen Betty White cussing up a storm and Brendan Gleeson being the least convincing American ever. <laughs> These all sound like great things. Do I get to experience those at Lake Placid? You do, you do. It's, boy, it's something. It's not great, but it's on HBO Max, so you might as well watch it. Wait. Okay. Maybe maybe it's on something else. I can't remember. I watched it, though. It was fun. I also watched a movie that you watched last week, Werewolves Within. Yes. Finally hit the, the, the rentable streaming out there, and boy, let me tell you what. It was great. I had it's a good fun, time. It's fun, right? It's fun, funny, and a good werewolf movie. Yep, I totally agree. I love that it's a werewolf whodunit. Like, it's kind of like The Thing plus werewolves in a way. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that a good bit. I uh, I love Sam Richardson and Milana Weintraub, who mm -hmm. are the stars of it. They're both great. A great cast. A whole lot of people I didn't expect to see in there. I Well worth the rental. Uh, it was only like eight bucks, I think. So Totally worth it. It's fantastic, dude. I love that couple in the town that were like the fucking... Like right wingers, like the Trumpers and stuff. That guy salutes him with the left, and he's like, "Oh no, no, never the left." And he's like, "Yeah, that's right, never the left. Lock her up, am I right?" <laughs> yeah, so yeah. dumb. It's funny, man. Yeah, uh, Michaela Watkins in there is great, and uh, the the methy couple. Uh, fuck, I can't remember her name, but she's in season two of Barry as one of the detectives. She's hilarious. Okay. Yeah, man, just great. I enjoyed it a whole lot. Me too. I also watched that Fear Street 1994, which also came out on Friday. Okay, I don't know nothing about it. I just see that like people are loving it or leaving it or saying that it's okay. <laughs> All the the whole gamut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wild, wild. I know. Um, well, it's it's based uh, spiritually on the R.L. Stein Fear Street books, but it's not like it's not adapting any particular book. Um, and it's. Boy, you were around for 1994. I was. It. It's definitely a 2020 woke version of 1994. That <laughs> okay, wasn't, got it. Isn't real. Okay. Um, but it is. It's. It's got some fun nostalgia shit. It, it did. I mean, it did hit a lot of the things I do remember from being. Uh, I guess in middle school. And high school in 94. I think I was in eighth grade to freshman year in 94. Dude, I was in homeschool. Yeah, so just hanging out in the kitchen. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> but uh, it reminded me somewhat, but like the way the characters act is very, very woke. Like not, not in any way what 1994 kids would be saying to each other, or acting toward each other. Um... This is that revisionist history them liberals want us to learn about. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon. Yeah. But it's it's also it's also got like a scream vibe that is fun and it's, okay. I enjoyed it. I mean, if you're going into it looking for it to capture 1994 perfectly, it doesn't. Though the the soundtrack is the soundtrack is very heavy, like that that era of the 90s though they did throw some songs in there that wouldn't have been popular in 94 but whatever okay so you're saying that uh what was that super dark times was a more accurate like early 90s kind of representation oh definitely okay. super dark times is way closer but then it's also dark and gross like if you want it to be fun like these movies are supposed to be kind of fun and aimed at teens today 
um that is how you do it and they do it uh, well i think i think i enjoyed it it was it was fun i mean you got a kid on there on the internet who you know in 94 there were people on the internet but it just wasn't wasn't that widespread the likelihood that one of the kids would be on the internet all the time is pretty low but yeah you got that so you get to have those internet sort of research bits and stuff it's it's cool I enjoyed it. I liked it. And the, the next one is 1978, and it's like a camp slasher type of thing. So oh, that looks sick. fun. Okay. Yeah. So is it like a full-length movie, or is it episodic kind of thing, or what? Uh, Well, it's full-length movie episodic. Oh. So yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's both of those things. Uh, I think the movie's like an hour. I don't remember how long it was. Like, it's maybe up to two hours. I can't remember. Um, but yeah. There are three installments. Uh, 78's next. I don't remember what the next one after that is, but worth a watch for sure. Okay, all right, sounds up my alley. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Um, then also <laughs> for <sighs> been for Fourth of July, I watched Independence Day, and yes, me too. <laughs> let me tell you, Independence Day's fine as a movie still, yeah. but um. The politics of Independence Day are so disgustingly 90s neoliberal nonsense. Now, how do you mean? The arc of the president is going from a wimp who won't bomb shit to a warrior who will bomb shit. Hell yeah, that's my president. Yeah, that's a good president <laughs> who bombs shit. Good president shit. make bomb. <laughs> yep, yep, that is, that's his arc throughout. I think, like... People really like give that movie shit about like it's so unrealistic when uh, she's in that tunnel and the fire is going through and she ducks into that doorway and the fire doesn't go in. It's so unrealistic. And I'm like, what about the part where the president gets in a fucking fighter jet to fight the aliens? Yeah. Like, yeah, that, you don't a lot have a more with. unrealistic there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, he becomes he becomes this warrior that the, like that. This is like how he is presented the first time we see him. He's on the phone about his wife or whatever with his press secretary, mm -hmm. and the they, he has like CNN or something on, and that's what they're saying on the screen about him. So we're given that he he is a wimp, not a warrior, and that then becomes his arc that he becomes a warrior. So we're supposed to applaud this uh, liberal president who now is way cool with bombing shit like Hell it doesn't make sense yeah at a certain point early on there's on the television screen it's showing all the spaceships like hovering over the major capitals uh -huh. and it says southern hemisphere unaffected what <laughs> I didn't yeah see that. why <laughs> yeah why does it say that well it says that because uh these these types of movies invasion narratives are generally anti-immigration narratives that's true yeah typically yeah so um they associate the southern hemisphere with these aliens by uh showing that either the aliens see them as entirely weak and ineffectual which is a diss on the entire southern hemisphere but it's obviously aimed at brown people um or the aliens are in line with the southern hemisphere which is the southern hemisphere is forcing their beliefs on us oh no we gotta keep um, these Australians out of here. But then at the end, you see they show three different locations in the Southern Hemisphere yeah, with like alien ships crashed, and no nobody there is like involved in it. 
So America just <laughs> saved the Southern Hemisphere. You know we did. It, America just saved the world. By the way, the world was sitting around on its hands waiting for America to save it. Hell like, yeah. Uh, the politics are <laughs> shitty, but still, it's a fun alien it's movie. It's so fun, Will Smith's man. great. Uh, yep. Jeff Goldblum's great. It, it's fun. And dude, I'll tell you this, man. How great do the special effects and stuff still look? Like all the miniatures, the miniature and shit like stuff that? looks good. Fantastic. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, it, it it really does. I really I really enjoyed those bits, and uh, yeah, I you know whenever they destroy the monuments and stuff, it's like fuck, that's cool. It looks awesome. I like when Jeff Goldblum must go faster and then must go <laughs> faster again. Right. Right. Callback. <laughs> But it's it's yeah it's it's something. There are just so many storylines going on, and the fact that they all somehow end up in the same place is so ridiculous. Amazing. And the fact that that place is Area Fifty One. Hell what? yeah, dude! <laughs> How would they all end up there? How? So good. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, uh, I also watched a little movie called Jaws 3D on Ice Cream Sunday, which 3D? was 4th of July. Oh yeah. my lord. Then, have Never you ever seen, seen any of the Jaws sequels? Nope, I haven't watched none of them. Okay. Oh boy. Um, it's a real toss-up as to whether or not 3 or 4 is the worst Jaws movie, mm -hmm. but they're both two of the worst movies you'll ever watch. Sick. Yep. Uh, Jaws 3D is set in SeaWorld and Love really it. centralizes around the SeaWorld skiers. Okay. You're you're aware of the SeaWorld water skiers? Oh, no. oh, you're not? That's not huh. a thing that people care about? Right, yeah. We <laughs> should have thought of that when it. they made a sequel to Jaws <laughs> that nobody would give a shit about the SeaWorld skiers in like a year. Anyway. Wow. It's ridiculous. It's so bad, and the th it's 3D, and the 3D is terrible, and it has one of the worst 3D scenes ever in it, and it has to be seen to be believed. But also, you could probably just look up Jaws 3D worst scenes, and mm -hmm. that's all you need, because most of it is a boring commercial for SeaWorld. I'm telling you, dude, this is a really unusual experience, but I think I'm already in love with this movie, even though I've never seen it. You should check it out. It's on. Uh, it's on the Peacock. Go get your get your Peacock on. Is that their slogan? I That's don't know. That's their slogan. Peacock. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I also watched one other movie called The Bay, which I was looking up Fourth of July movies to figure out what to watch on um, Ice Cream Sunday before I landed on Jaws 3D, which isn't. I don't think Fourth uh, of July movie, but I saw a movie called The Bay on there, which I never really heard much about or anything. But it was it was streaming, I think, on Hulu or HBO Max or something. Uh, and I watched it, and boy, that's a solid documentary-style horror movie. And also, um, it, it made me hate life while watching it. There are moments that made me so sick. Like, just gross, wow. gross body horror shit that, oh, dude... Oh, I've it just hit all before. my triggers. Yeah. It, oh. This is one that like I know people talk about and they're just like, "Oh, you need to watch this." And then yeah, like you probably you need to like take a shower afterwards. And yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. So is it a movie or is it a documentary? It, I mean, it's, it's it's a horror movie. 
Okay. But it's documentary style. Okay, got it. Got it. Yeah. Like uh, like Mungo or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got that feel, and it's it's like a whole bunch of different like perspectives and stuff. The way it's put together is great. Um, I, I really enjoyed it, so definitely worth a watch. Okay, it's one of those ones that like nobody's ever told me anything about it. Like I have no idea what it could possibly even be about, and uh, I I guess it's probably better if you don't know anything about it going in, right? Yeah, I don't want to. I yeah, that's why I, I just said body horror because I don't okay. want to spoil anything about it. It is real good to just go in with no idea what it is. Um, but it, it I really enjoyed the way it was put together. Like it, it ha- as you said, Lake Mungo is a good comparison because it, it it like includes like this like young girl's FaceTime call with her friend and then like uh security footage from the hospital and from like cop cars and stuff like the hmm. way it's put together it feels very real like a documentary all right uh, and and the effects are great so definitely worth watching check cool. her out what you been watching man man this week was really 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 freaking busy for me i had like a bunch of uh projects with due dates on them and stuff so i didn't really watch anything during the week but this weekend this fourth of july weekend we managed to smash through a bunch of stuff because especially like like you're saying man when you live in the south and you get fucking six weeks of fireworks around fourth of july and you have pets that lose their minds every night while dumbasses are setting the shit off yeah, uh, you have to watch loud movies to try to drown it out. Yep. So that's we watched yeah, that's exactly a couple what I was doing. of flicks over the weekend there just to try to keep the noise out. Um, we watched Too Fast, Too Furious, for example. Oh yeah, man, it was awesome. Of course, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. And man, you're about to be Tokyo drifting next. I can't wait. Honestly, like they are just such dumb, fun movies, and I can't wait to see how much dumber and funner they get because, like, (laughs) with Fast 2, whenever they have that big chase scene at the first and they jump the cars off the bridge and then Paul Walker's car actually jumps over the other guy's car midair, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm fucking in. (laughs) Yes. You've got me. I'm sold. It's rad. Yeah. Such a good old time, man. I I recommend keep going. Even I mean, because, like... Three can be a little bit jarring because it's such a huge shift. Uh, you're not going to see your main characters. Okay. And then four, I don't remember four being too great, too interesting. But push through because once you get to Fast Five, it's fucking rad as hell from there. <laughs> I'm already excited about going through those. It's a good old time. We watched The Thomas Crown Affair, which is a movie that oh. I hadn't seen since probably the late 90s or early 2000s that's one the case family likes a lot dude like i remember watching it back in the day with them and not really getting into it very much because i was probably just like i want to get mickey outy with this girl on this couch yeah and uh and then i'm also just like yeah exactly like you do you know um and i think i was also just like who are all these middle-aged people i don't care about their hijinks and shenanigans and capers but now I watch it and I'm like, check out these middle-aged people getting into their hijinks and shenanigans and capers. It's a good old heist movie, man. I love a heist flick. I do too. I don't remember the Thomas Crown Affair much at all. Is Pierce Brosnan in there? That's right. Old Pierce Brosnan is in there himself along with Rene the Red, a.k.a. Rousseau. Oh, okay. Rene the Red. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, what's his name? Comedian guy. Dennis Leary is his name. Dennis I've been told from Leary. the back of the room. Okay. 
All right. All right. And uh, enjoy Yeah, I don't remember it at all. Yeah. I think you'd like it. It's a good flick. I got to check it out. On the 4th of July, we also watch Jurors. Jurors! Yep. The good one. That's right. The good one. Only this time around when we watched it, the Kittner boy lived and what? went on to start a very successful car dealership. Wow. Okay. I know. I didn't All see right. it coming. I was like, this is different. And then the, the epilogue of the movie was just showing him with his wife and two kids and no sharks and yeah. new Corvettes on the lot. Yeah. Come on down to Kittner Corvette. And exactly. Uh huh. It was a good time. I enjoyed the the tweak that they did right there. Yeah. Uh, watched fun. Hot Rod the other night. Update. Still the fucking best. Yeah. Did yep. they wait? Did his stepdad still live? Oh yes. A cooked goose for, for everyone. everyone. God damn it, dude. <laughs> anytime. Like you cannot fail putting that movie on any fucking yeah, time, it's great. dude. I love the it. The sheer yep. brilliance of how much Europe mm-hmm. they used on that soundtrack and they didn't use the final countdown is something Not at that all. endlessly amuses me, man. Like <laughs> all these stupid ass Europe songs that nobody cares about or has ever heard, and they didn't use the final countdown. It even shows him putting in the final countdown cd into a player at one point <laughs> but they don't use the final countdown fuck man it's awesome it's, it's so funny and i'm also so jealous too of the uh the fake 80s band at the end of the movie that's actually queens yes. of the stone age yeah uh-huh because the name of their band is gown and that's the best fucking hair metal band name i've ever heard it is and awesome i wish i would have come up with it yeah and they look rad too like they look they, they're just fuck. totally hair metaled out it's awesome Oh, man. Speaking of hair metal, I just found out that apparently Steel Panther is going to be playing at the Mill and Mine uh, in, like, September in Knoxville. Oh, yeah? And I'm just kind of thinking maybe Skankbanger just shows up full-on in costume and rushes the stage. Oh, dude. That would be so <laughs> awesome. What? I know, right? Yes. It should probably The hometown happen. heroes. Right? <laughs> I think it's a plan right there. Yeah. Also, speaking of awesome. 80s music, we put on The Wedding Singer last night. Oh, okay. Haven't watched that in years and years and years. Honestly, we went into it like a little bit hesitant, being like, uh, wonder if this has aged well, if there's stuff in here that's just like, ah, oh, not funny anymore. Update. Still all really funny. It's a great movie. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. I, it is uh, one of the more solid Sandler films. Oh yeah, you know, he, but he was on he was on a, a roll there at the beginning, and then it dropped off precipitously. Like, where where was it around <laughs> Little Nicky? I think where so. Yeah, that's like, the one that was like mm, the fall from grace that yeah. I remember everybody was super mad about. I never even saw that movie. I just heard that it was unwatchably bad. I watched it. I don't remember much except they they stuck uh, pineapples up Hitler's ass in hell. Okay, well, that sounds all right, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Thumbs up for that. <laughs> See, I watched myself a couple of things this week, but I'll tell you, man, we had a night last week where it got down to maybe about like 60, maybe like 55 or 60 degrees. The humidity oh, was really? low. It felt like early October out there, and it just got me fucking so stoked to think that Halloween is not all that far away, man. Oh, yeah? You're super, like, already getting out the decorations, planning your costume. I mean, dude, I'm honestly, like, on... It's on my mind a lot right now. And I think it's because, (laughs) you know, we didn't have Halloween last year, of course. Yeah. And then the Halloween before that's when we were, like, selling our house and moving and shit. So we didn't really do anything then either. So 
this year i just want to go all out on some mega halloween action yeah it's gonna be a blast i'm i'm excited though i I am enjoying my summer man i love this uh just sun all the time uh sun till late i'm excited about this i know i know a lot of horror fans are like no give me darkness or whatever no i like i like the summer it's it's awesome I don't like being hot. I also don't like being hot. That is the worst part. We agree mm-hmm. on that. Okay, that guys. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, summer's great. You know what? Uh, it's one thing that's that's not great about summer, other than it being hot, is also the mosquitoes, Ben. And mosquitoes, they get you? Yeah. Well, yes. Oh, mosquitoes. I have to wear uh, mosquito repellent every time I go outside from, like, May until October. Otherwise, I will get several mosquito bites. Yeah, and I will still get them with mosquito repellent on. It is insane. Like they'll find Steve. Yeah, they'll find like a tiny little area I somehow missed, and they'll be like, "I gotta get that blood." Dude, I think that everybody has their own like weird set of like smells that they like like way too much that don't really make much sense. Yeah, I love the smell of bug spray. Like I fucking love how bug spray smells. I don't know what the deal is, um, and it's weird because like I don't even wear bug spray. Like mosquitoes totally leave me alone. They don't go for me right. at all. I haven't had one mosquito bite all summer yet, and I'm outside huh. all the time letting the dogs out and shit. They just leave me alone. Uh, but That's I love crazy. the smell of bug spray. I don't know why. We, like a, a particular bug spray. So off like, and all those are pretty good, okay. but like okay. there's actually one that I want to say is it like Skin So Soft or Avon or one right, of those. Right, right. Yeah. It's in like a pump bottle. That shit yeah. smells great. Like that's like fucking perfume for me. I love how that shit smells. Okay. Huh. All right. I then. can't explain it. I can't explain <laughs> it. So, uh, you know, if Kate's wanting to get Randy, she grabs the, the mosquito repellent. Get out the deep woods, the baby. Give me some Spritz of that deet. down the pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little dab on the insides of the wrists and nape of the yeah. neck, you know? Uh-huh. That's like, the aroma damn. right there, man. Somebody's not stuff. getting bit by mosquitoes. <laughs> Come over here, girl. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Loving the sunshine is a good thing for this flick because this isn't really a nighttime dark kind of movie. It's no, actually it's all really open air, sunlight, sunshiny, summer fun. Although I don't yeah. really know what season it takes place in i think it's just in like yeah it's just set in la so yeah it's west coast season who cares right, right? yeah yeah and uh it is a blast but I w- i'll tell you what steve this movie does have a little bit of a problem with it and it's not alone in having this problem because yeah. this movie i've got to tell you what man it has what i like to refer to as an unbelievable bat in it <laughs> yep it is one of the least believable bats Mm-hmm, that's right. And, you know, we talk on the show often about horror tropes that we don't like. We talk about cat scares and stuff like that that happen all the time in movies. You know, the mirror mm-hmm. jump scares and stuff like that. Right. But unbelievable bats are a real horror problem. And I think they that we are. need to inform our listeners about it. That way they can be prepared. Maybe they watch some other movies. They need to know it's going to have a bat in there that just really looks like dog shit. I don't know why <laughs> we can't really get bats looking right on the screen, Steve. Yeah, it's, you know, it's an old problem. It's been around for a long time in horror films, and it it just keeps happening. So, I, yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe there's 
maybe there's something in in everyone who works in hollywood has just never seen a bat and when you google bat in hollywood it shows you something completely different (laughs) if they signed in under a vpn and googled bats they'd be like wait what the fuck what the fuck is that (laughs) that's a bat Steve, I say that before we get into the movie review, how about we just slide on into the preview palace? Hey, it's me, Batman. Um, <laughs> oh, Batman. Yeah, because of bats, I guess. <laughs> yeah. uh, welcome, welcome to the preview palace. I, I'll get you, Joker. You son of a bitch. That Batman didn't sound very confident. He sounded like he was kind of like scrambling, like, uh, what should yeah. I say? I'm not really exactly sure how to handle the situation. I don't, Bruce Wayne sent Dick Grayson out that night. Yeah, <laughs> I okay. was like, Dick, you can do it. <laughs> the B-Squad Batman right there, huh? <laughs> yeah. Steve, I say we give these busters our personal list of least convincing bats in film history because they need to be ready, man, because if they sit down and watch maybe the first entry on our list – old-timey Dracula, they're going to be in for a shock when they see how shitty that bat looks, aren't they? Yeah, if you look up that old-timey Dracula, 1932, I believe, Dracula, uh, just get get a, a snoot of what that really looks like. Ooh. It looks like... It looks like a pelt of fur with a opera mask on. Like, yeah. it's so confusing. It really, really does. It, it does look like you just took, like, maybe an old pocketbook and stretched it out, uh, put a little ballroom mask on the front, and then gave it a mullet. It has this, like, hair extension <laughs> thing coming off of it that I don't really understand. You know what? Let's make an Instagram post about these. Let's put pictures of these five uh, bats up on Instagram so people can see him too because they okay. won't believe the silliness, the foolishness of how this thing looks. It looks it looks rough, but at the time the thing was like, you know, you don't think film is ever going to be super high definition. So it's like, well, it works. Yeah. You know, when they they look at it from from their from their, you know, initial looks at it, it's like, yeah, it's great. Then we get to see it in high def and you can very easily see the wires as well and it's just like what is this this is not a bat you've never even heard of a bat you just you thought we'll make a flappy thing and it'll scare people but i bet back in the day you're right i mean if you were at home and you put on your uh your corset and your monocle and you got in your (laughs) horseless carriage that's how it was in 1932 (laughs) and drove down the streets that were full of uh electric candles on the street lamps and stuff right (laughs) <laughs> I bet if you sat down in the theater and watched this talkie, you probably spilled your popcorn and sarsaparilla every uh-huh. which direction and said, my word. Oh, my, my popcorn. Oh. <laughs> my popcorn and sarsaparilla. <laughs> I will fire upon the screen with my blunderbuss. <laughs> and tie a lady to the train tracks. <laughs> yeah. What? It would just motivate you to do that because you were so scared. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine though, if bats really did look like that. Like if you went out on these hot summer nights where there was like mosquitoes congregating and you just had a huge swarm of those things. That would be frightening. It has <laughs> like, a man, pelt of fur on it. It is it, it looks, looks stupid. It looks dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's our next one, Ben? <laughs> okay, the next one on here you gotta tell me about because I've never seen this flick, but it is uh you know, this seems kind of unfortunate to have really shitty looking bats in a movie called Bats. <laughs> so bats 1999 film bats it um it's got a lot of actual bats in it so they okay. look fine kind of like arachnophobia but, yeah 
But then when you get to the the bats, bats, the the evil bats, mm-hmm. boy, um, they look like, I mean, they look like the devil, but a bat, basically, mm-hmm. which yeah. is, you know, it makes them scary, I guess, but makes it look nothing like a bat. It, right. It looks, kind it of just a looks like, yeah. So like, I. But it also doesn't work for scary because if you see the movie, there's it's not there's nothing scary about it. Like you, the moment you see them, you're like, well, that's not a bat. That's some prop. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, you're not freaked out. Like, I think people who are scared of bats would be more freaked out if an actual bat were on someone's face than like this fake ass looking bat. I would think so. Yeah, I would think. Now, does this movie have a charming uh, John Goodman exterminator character that's clearly no. from some other movie in it? No one is charming in Bats. Aww. <laughs> it's a shame. <laughs> Nobody's charming. The Bats don't look like Bats. This sounds like a recipe for failure to me. Yeah, that's why it has like a 16 on Rotten Tomatoes. So like, yeah, it's not very good. We watched it on a Friday night screaming chat. That it, It's rough. It's, uh, it's not a good movie. <laughs> But of course, having a shitty looking bat in your movie isn't just an American movie problem. Oh, no. This is also something that we see in movies that come from the old country, just yep. like Nono used to make. They'll give you a mm-hmm. taste of a bat that just really looks like shit in the yep. house by the cemetery, won't they? The house by the cemetery. Okay, so this, I think, is inspired by a movie we'll talk about in a second. Um, but yeah, it's a like eight 1980 or 81 giallo maybe 82 um it the movie has nothing to do with bats right the bat attack in it lasts almost two minutes and it is unrelated to the plot of the movie this sounds like another thing we're about to talk about you could be talking about either (laughs) movie right now where you're just exactly it makes me wonder dude is there some kind of like italian trauma that we don't know about like was there like the great bat plague of 1777 in italy that like we're totally unaware of ate all the fettuccine plants yeah exactly man it's like oh no my pasta is gone oh no oh they're eating the alfredo now oh, oh no stay away from the gabagula <laughs> you know like maybe yes. there is some sort of like like trauma over there regarding bats that we just don't know about i mean let's just think to super mario brothers okay you yeah. ever think about those goombas you uh-huh, know what they look yeah. like to me they look wingless like bats wingless bats Oh my god. Uh-huh. I gotta stomp at these goombas. They remind me of the bat plague. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe there's like all kinds of Italian movie execs that are like, the movie is not scaring the people enough. Put the bat in. Ah, ah no, not a bat. Um, <laughs> in in the house by the cemetery, the like there's just a moment of the bat flying at uh the lead actress's face. But then after that, it's basically just like glued to one of the actor's hands, like what? it's supposed to be biting him. Oh, but it's okay. just him running around with it on his hand Jesus toward Christ. the camera. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then he stabs it. And they show it too much. It looks so bad. It just Aww. looks like a bunch of fur with wings. Like <laughs> nothing like a bat. Oh, that is what a bat is, isn't it? Uh, I mean kind (laughs) of i'll tell you what though maybe this is how 
you end up like finding the Italian in a movie theater where like you're watching any movie in a theater and a bat comes on screen and he's like, oh, the my popping corn, my sarsaparilla. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the popcorn flies in the air. You're, Mamma mia! And storms out. It's like, there went all the Italians. My monocle, oh no. <laughs> Why do you have a monocle? Is he also in the 1930s? Am I going to shoot my blunderbuss at the screen? <laughs> my blunderbuss. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I think the same thing could definitely happen in our number two entry, uh, Suspiria, which is like Suspiria. literally everything uh-huh. that you just said. It's just like, yeah. hey, Italian movie, Giallo. I think that's scene. the inspiration, yeah. No relevance whatsoever. No relevance. Why, Why is this fuck, happening? Dude, like, I mean, not that like the world of Suspiria makes all that much yeah. sense it's anyway. It's supposed to be dreamy and, 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 you know, kind of absurd and stuff at times. Yeah, it's surreal. Yeah, very much yeah. so. Um, maybe intentional, maybe not. I really, like, I just don't know. I love it either way, but there's so many things yeah. in Argento flicks where I'm like, is this just dumb or is it dreamy? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that is like, dumb or dreamy should be the title of a book about Argento. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is it live or is it Memorex? Is it dreamy or is it stupid giallo? I don't really know, man. Either way, yeah. I love it. And that bat scene... It's yeah. just out of nowhere, has no relevance on anything. It's it not just even keeps like going too. Yeah, it's not even like oh, the witch turned into a bat to try to get at Susie or whatever. It's like no, no she's just, just in the attic and there's just a bat. <laughs> just Moving a bat. on, smashes it in a napkin and then the movie just keeps going. <laughs> what? It's yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, Ben. But at the very least, you know, when you see the bat, you're like. Maybe that's a bat, kinda, right? Kind of. I mean, it's sort of, sort of batty, I guess. Yeah, but I think our our next one, a little less batty. Yeah, the number one on the list right here. Yeah. And, you know, I'll give it a little bit of a, I'll give it a little bit of grace here because it is in a movie that it's made for the kids. It's not like yeah, a serious horror movie. flick or nothing. So it's okay yeah. if it's a little silly, if it's a little bit campy. I'm talking about We the Monster Squad. <laughs> In the intro, dude, where they're going through Dracula's castle and stuff, the bats, I think, are just fuzzy dice with bat wings being dangled in front of the camera. Yep. That's basically it. It is terrible. And (laughs) you're right. It's a kid's movie and, like, campy. Like, everything's a little bit campy, I think. But still, they're real bad. Like... I guess it does a good job early in the movie of setting up, oh, don't be too scared. Right, 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 right. To kids. So yeah. that's, that's that's what it's for. But as, you know, adults who still love Monster Squad looking back, that's real silly shit. <laughs> I got to ask you too, man. Like, in all of the filmmaking industry, is there only one sound effect for bats? Because it seems like I it's so. always that mm-hmm. eep, eep, eep. Like, yeah, the same exact one. same sample every fucking time, man. Yeah, I think probably so, because, like, I, I, yeah, when I was watching the House by the Cemetery clip again, just to remind myself how bad it was, like, it really is just that same sound over and over and over, and it sounds exactly the same in every clip to me. I, I don't know, like, if, like, it's just, the you go to the library there and be like, we need bat sounds, and they got, like, this old dusty record they hand to yeah. you <laughs> here's the one but here it is the only one what if we find out though that actually what happened is like the entire um bag bat actors guild 
they've been on strike for like decades because they uh, used their voice sample to try to villainize their entire species to the Italians. That's probably what it is. Right? That's probably what it is. And you got, you got like, they're sending bat ambassadors to Italy to try to change people's perceptions <laughs> on bats. Yeah. Uh huh. But the bats yeah. are just like, never again. We never work for you. Bats have Italian, Italian accents. Too. We all know that. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to be the cause, man. Because what yeah, other reason so. would there only be one sound effect of bats, right? Yeah, that's the reason. Poor, poor bag. The bat <laughs> bag. actors guild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, warlock's bat um, also definitely looks like a shit. It looks it's like really, he's got human bad. teeth. <laughs> yeah, it's got some chompers on it, doesn't it? It's got big chompers on it. It's got some chompers yeah. on it, man. I don't understand. And another thing too, I want to mention is like so many of these entries that were on our list here. Whenever the bats are flying, like the wings move like really slow. Right. Except, it never, yeah. it's, it never looks right. Like that would not propel a bat through the air if it's beating no. its wings that slowly. They always look like shit. Yeah, yeah. Bats, bats are doing a good bit of work when they're flying. Yeah, mm -mm. man. So shitty bats. We've there you go. we've sussed them out for you. If you got more <laughs> shitty bats, let us know. Yeah, I'd like to know about your favorite shitty movie bat over on the Facebook page because I'm sure that we forgot some. I was kind of racking my brain. I was like, I guess there's that one in Sleepy Hollow that gets his head cut off, but it, it looks uh -huh. pretty good, actually. It does, yeah. And honestly, like, as I said, bats uses uh, a lot of real bats, and so, like, a, a lot of bats look fine in bats. Mm-hmm. I bet but we forgot some, some bats shitty bats CGI bats. Yeah, see, all CGI bats look like shit. Right, Don't I was they? trying to think of like Batman Begins. Like it's just kind of this quick moving swarm, so you can't really see them. That's kind of how they do battles. with CGI a lot is make it just move like a a swarm, so that you don't see detail. Right, but like I'm thinking of like uh, what's that movie? Fuck, uh, Van Helsing. Didn't they have some pretty shitty bats in that? I'm sure that they did because yeah, it's a pretty everything shitty kind of looks shitty in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let us know any shitty bats that we missed on our list over there on the Facebook page. There's been some really hilarious contributions and some yeah. great new folks showing up and joining our hang uh -huh. and stuff. So be one of the cool kids. Be somebody. Do something. Mm -hmm. Sign up for that Facebook group. It's definitely a whole lot better than fucking watching your racist uncle post the same horse shit all over again right <laughs> yeah if you're gonna be on facebook you might as well be having fun and do it in our group yeah i think so man i think so now steve the subject of our episode today is none other than man witch from 19 yep. man 90, witch. 91 90 when's it it's uh well okay so it officially came out in 89 at can but then didn't get distributed till 91 because new world pictures had some financial troubles and ended up having to sell it anyway yeah. uh so yeah 91 is when most people would have seen it yeah and dude i'll tell you this man uh, by the way it's called warlock feel. not man Witch, just in oh, case okay, anybody sure. was like fuck i All watched right, the fine. wrong movie <laughs> <laughs> but i can't help but feel like if this movie maybe would have come out when it was made in the 80s i kind of think it would have been a lot more successful and yeah if it had come seen out a bigger future yeah if it had come out two years earlier um especially i i didn't mention in my movies i watched but i i watched the the sequel warlock oh. the armageddon and uh, i thought it was fun and really enjoyed it and it had some really awesome kills and like julian sands is much more like in the role as like this evil guy and stuff it 
like i could see if this had come out a little bit earlier in the 80s this having a few more installments not just direct to video because the third one's direct to video and it doesn't have julian sands like mm. i didn't even watch it but uh the the sequel was solid i, I mean okay. it's not great uh, just like this movie's not great but it's like fun to watch yeah totally man yeah because this movie is one of those ones that I would always see like on the streaming services just scrolling through of like here you could watch this for free and there's a bunch right. of sequels that are rated not very good so I was kind of like eh, this will probably suck so I won't bother watching this but sometime it was like maybe earlier this year I was working out at home and I was like I'm on this elliptical machine I might as well watch some witchery while I lipped yeah and I just put this on and I was like man this is just a good time. It's just a good really time is. watch. It's like you said it's not it's not a great movie. It's not No, it's got its even problems. A lot necessarily of necessarily a, a straight up horror movie by any no. stretch of, of the imagination. <laughs> no. It's I but mean it it's got fun. it's it, it definitely fits the horror genre because it's about what it's about and it does include a person getting their eyes cut out and a and a child being murdered. But you don't yeah. see much of that. And we'll talk a bit about what was cut from this, but you don't see much of that. And yeah, it is it is more, I don't know, like an action comedy type of thing than horror. Right. It's kind of like a lot of the things that you like about movies from this late 80s, early 90s era in that it's action adventure. It has like fantasy elements. It has yeah. comedy elements. It's yeah. It just looks and feels very much of that era, which is fun. Uh, it's a man out of time movie. Yes, it is. But it's also like, like you said, like a person gets their eyeballs cut out and a, a man eats a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Yeah. You don't see those normally in any of those other genres. But... I don't remember that in Encino Man, although that does seem like no. something a caveman might do. It does. It does seem likely that a caveman might be like, oh, a weak child. Away from the herd, I'll kill it and eat it. Eat baby. But, eat baby, we yeah. We some, like, uh, Stranger in a Strange Land movies during this time period, didn't we? I mean, yeah, if you think about, did. like, yeah. fucking Terminator, you think mm -hmm. about... Uh, Splash. Back to the Future, Splash, man, Bill and uh -huh. Ted. Bill and Ted. Crocodile Dundee is a is a kind of fish-out-of-water movie. Yeah. Um, uh, Die Hard. Again, like you got a cop who's out of his element. Same with Beverly Hills Cop. You get this like uh, Detroit cop dealing with an L.A. crime. Mm -hmm. Blast from the Past, another Brendan oh, Fraser yeah. movie. Love it. Uh, Blast from the Past is so fucking good, man. Yeah, these like fish out of water slash man out. Of, I mean, because a man out of time, time movie is a is a fish a subset of fish out of water. Basically, a person thrown into a situation after having you know no experience in this world and um this does a lot of the tropes of him not understanding certain future tech and and uh, uh certain phrasings and things not really hitting with him but you know that that's kind of they we'll talk about the humor of this and how it's pretty weak but <laughs> uh it, it's it's got a lot of the elements of, of movies around the time that were popular. I'm not really sure why these like man out of time, fish out of water type of movies were so popular in the eighties and early nineties. But there was mm -hmm. just this like idea of like, uh, what if you took some Rube and threw him into our world? Huh? I mean, 
I'm sure that like a huge cocaine fueled party couldn't have been at the heart of all these ideas, right? That's the thing that I kept coming back to and trying like researching it and trying to find out like why are all these things coming out? And it really probably was just cocaine parties where they were all talking like, man, what if you were like, uh, you know, from the past and you had to deal with like all these crazy technology, like an answering machine. Oh, right? that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, what the fuck? An answering machine. I don't know how this works. <laughs> And then, like, everybody goes home, and the next day they're just like, I had the greatest idea. I, I bet nobody's ever thought about this. Write a script. Yep. And they all wrote scripts based off the ideas that they were passing around in a cocaine party, and they forgot that all of them were talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> this blow is so good, I feel like I'm traveling into the future. Yeah. <laughs> and the more popular these became, the more they made. So It seems that way, man. And this movie definitely borrows a lot of elements i feel like from terminator only it's going in the opposite direction instead of like you know a, a fugitive and his captor trying to find him coming from the future to the past this is from the yeah. age of, the uh, of the witch trials and stuff to the future instead yes yeah, terminator in 91 um and and you know that we're there in boston I don't know that there ever were any witch trials in Boston. Maybe there were. I, like, I don't know. But, like, it, it's Massachusetts, so it's like the Salem witch trials were 1691, 1692. So I guess that's what they're getting at. Um, the, the witch lore and stuff in this is all pretty solid, you know, at, at least from their understanding at the time of, like, how the, you know, witch trials worked and, and what signified a witch and what witches were afraid of and whatnot yeah it's like how you know witches around and stuff like honestly what i got out of it that was fun is like you know we'll talk about the pacing issues that this movie has because there are long stretches of this flick where there's not really any action or necessarily like progression right. of the story but or where they're just me... on a plane for some reason yeah yeah because <laughs> right but it kept me engaged because the whole time it's introducing me to these new elements of of witch lore and stuff and it honestly kind of reminded me of you know, in these types of movies where somebody from the future comes back to the past and they're constantly showing them like, oh, this is my gadget that allows me to do this. It's this introduction of like technology that you didn't know existed. And you're like, whoa, that's fucking cool. They have that in the future. But in this case, it's like, which is spoiled milk. <laughs> and you're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's the type of shit that uh, they really believed. And, yeah. Uh, it, it works because it, you know, um, you could, yeah, you could have like the gadgety type of stuff or whatever, but like if you're if you're coming from the past, you wouldn't have any knowledge of that. Like, there part two does have a lot more going on with like dealing with this warlock and like the lore and and all this stuff of this world. But mm -hmm. this movie really does just try to stick with like the understanding of how witch trials were going on back then and what they would have used to determine what a witch was. And cream would still be around if you were say in a restaurant or like on a farm or whatever. So they, they didn't have him go to like a farm and also like be on a plane where somebody's going to put cream in their coffee. Like the, the, the lore is interesting, but how hard they, like, the way they have to go out of their way to put him in situations for that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, the writing in this is kind of like, and, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not dissing on it. It's Dave, uh, uh, what's his name? Tui. Dave Tui, who also wrote The the Fugitive and uh, Waterworld and uh, is a writer that's worked on uh, all of the Vin Diesel, like, Riddick movies. He, oh, okay. He, 
you know, he's uh, successful. Got some but hits. in this, like, there's a lot of, like, convoluted, torturous ways of setting things up that you really just didn't need. There could have been other ways of doing it. Yeah, it does kind of seem that way. And like you said, you do get some some fluff in here, like that whole plane ride and stuff like that, where you're just like, yeah. ah, it seems like this probably could have been like cut out in entirely. Some way, yeah, right? just show them yeah. taking off on a plane and landing on a plane. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, don't know how like Julian Sands was able to board the plane. Like, where did he get money to buy a ticket? How did he know how to buy a ticket? How did he know to get on a plane? Like, that's kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah, the whole editing job in the the airplane or the airport. I assume they had scenes to show these things, but the way they edit it together, none of it really makes sense. It's all just sort of chopped together. It doesn't yeah. look right. But we do get to see barefoot Kenny Rogers descending a staircase. We on the plane, do so that's see cool. barefoot Kenny Rogers, <laughs> <laughs> and boy, it's I. You know, you don't see. All the time when you get on a plane, you don't see somebody get barefoot or take their pants off or something. But when you do, you it's a sight to behold. <laughs> like, That's true. What, what are you doing? Do you think they clean this motherfucker when all of us get <laughs> off? They pick up trash and then more people get on. Okay, I've got to use this as an opportunity to tell my Kenny Rogers story because I don't know any other time in the history of the podcast that this I'm excited really come up. So, um. Uh-huh. I have a friend who's a, a really, really great, successful musician, plays in a lot of country acts around Nashville and stuff. Uh-huh. And a couple of years ago, he was playing at the, the CMTs or the Country Music Award thing, right? Right, CMAs. Right. Sorry, CMAs. CMAs, okay. <laughs> I said CMT, then said Country Music Award, and I'm like, that's not the one. Yeah. CMAs. I don't, is there a silent <laughs> T in award? Maybe. Yeah, t- towards. <laughs> toward. So he's playing the CMAs, and uh, his band was up there sound checking and stuff, and he looks in the back of the auditorium, and there's Kenny Rogers himself standing there talking to one of the producers or something. The gambler. Yeah, dude. And so my buddy on stage sound checking starts playing the gambler. He starts playing the hook from that ah, song. Okay. And he's just kind of playing it there, and he said, Kenny Rogers, like, you know, he puts his hand out in front of the guy he was talking to, like, stop for a second, and he, like, looks around frantically, looks on stage, sees my buddy playing the gambler, makes a beeline for the stage. Uh-huh. Runs up to him, puts his hands over the strings of this guy's instrument to stop him playing, and he looks at him and says, now look here, son, only one man playing the gambler tonight. <laughs> like, dead serious. Okay. <laughs> only Damn. one man's playing the gambler tonight okay all right kenny that's his turf dude i won't fuck with your turf dude no huh so yeah if you ever see kenny rogers don't go don't go playing his songs man they'll stop okay. you dead in your tracks <laughs> i can't imagine how that would be so weird because you're like playing the song because you're like kenny's here fuck yeah i'd like to meet him and you do get to meet him when he tells you to <laughs> stop playing his fucking song stop playing his fucking tune man <laughs> Yeah, that's wild. So, uh, what the fuck? Um, where? Oh shit! <laughs> What's a movie? Where are we? Yeah, what? What <laughs> is movie? <laughs> <laughs> so the airplane thing is kind of funny though, too. When they've gone through all this trouble of showing us how he gains his his flying powers and then gets on a plane, it's kind of like and in, he's uh, moving like in, super fast when he's flying. They show yeah. us that particularly. It, it's, so it's honestly kind of like an Aquaman, where it's like he can swim through the water so fast. Let's put him on a boat. <laughs> yeah what 
Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense that because like that whole scene isn't necessary. This is they're not they're not like struggling to hit 80 minutes or anything. No, We're at, it's an hour 40. So there you could cut all of that and we'd be fine nothing happens in like we're not getting i guess the only information we get is the curdled milk in the blue flame which doesn't cares <laughs> the blue flame doesn't come back the curdled milk you could just because like then they go to this farm and they say that the milk's curdled. There. you could yeah. just say then like oh that's a sign of witches around like yeah the whole the whole airplane ride could be cut no reason for it whatsoever but it is there to show us the universal truth that anybody from any era that opens the bathroom door on a, a large woman using the bathroom is just traumatized by the event. He's clearly like, I cannot yeah. believe what I've just seen. It's there to show us that this is universal. She wasn't even a large woman. She's just a woman. She's <laughs> just, just a, woman. a regular old lady. Yeah. And he was yeah. like, oh, I'm traumatized by Why having... is that there? Like, he's so distraught by it. Why is that in the movie? <laughs> I don't know. Did, like, <laughs> the the likelihood is that in the 17th century, you would have seen your grandmother taking a shit in the corner of the room you regularly. You saw your, your mom and dad make your brother. Right. Like, <laughs> why? Yeah. He's not going to be more bashful than a 20th century individual. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense. No, yeah, all uh -huh. of that could be cut. It could be cut, and it, all it would do is just help the pace of the movie, which is a problem. The movie pacing is just like we keep running into roadblocks that are stopping us from getting to the story. Yeah, but and even like the story itself, like with this whole, you know, it's this witch hunter and this witch that have traveled through time. That's cool enough. That's good. But yeah. then you also add in like, oh, yeah, and he's trying to assemble this tome so he can read the name of God backwards and undo creation is like which Whoa, we learn an hour getting... into the movie that, it's kind of late into the flick where yeah. you're just like oh that's what he's doing here okay like he could have just picked up his work at witching and this guy has to stop the witch and that would have been fine that would have been enough well and also we got like she's cursed with aging 20 years every day but then that gets solved 40 minutes into the movie yeah that's true <laughs> like, she got better yeah, it's like what the fuck? I, I like <laughs> you don't need to introduce these elements and solve them so quickly. Like you, she should have been aging the whole time. That should right. have been like the thing. Yeah, like we've she, got to stop this before I fucking die of old age. Right. And w once you stop it it's like okay, so the stakes now have to be oh, he's going to say God's name backwards and that's going to undo creation. And that's also just like, okay, but how? I'll tell you this, man. If I made everything, I definitely wouldn't put some fucking Rumpelstiltskin ass failsafe in there. <laughs> yeah, like if somebody so finds Mr. out my name and Mix, says it backwards. It's yeah, type of right? like say my name backwards and send me to my dimension shit. Like, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But like, You know that, what, that, though? This is yet more satanic indoctrination that's what that say my name song is about by that beyonce say my name beyonce. say my name backwards undo all creation that's what that Wait, verse so means beyonce is god that makes sense i guess no she's telling you to take god down this is like the golden compass books. oh because i was about to be like ekniob 
<laughs> See if it oh, works. Oh no, you've undone reality. Uh, it didn't work. Nope. <laughs> didn't do a thing. No. I did it wrong, probably. Echnoyeb. <laughs> Echnoyeb. Uh, not working. Not anyway. working, huh? Uh. -uh. Yeah. So yeah, the the whole like the stakes of the movie like shift near the end of the movie, and then you just like I don't know. It's just like you're not any more invested in it than you were before like i was invested in it before she started aging anyway i was like oh this is an interesting movie which uh a witch running from a witch finder like that's interesting i like this and then you introduce the aging bit and it's like oh okay ticking clock i'm ready let's let's see this to the end and then that ends and a new story begins and it's like, well, I was fine with the original story of this guy just chasing this witch. Yeah, to try to save this girl that he, you know, has feelings for because she reminds him of his, his lover in the past yeah, and he's got to save her before she dies. Like, that's enough story, actually. Yeah, and that element was stupid to me. The, like... Yeah. My it was like, she, they They showed no interest in one another at Man. all up until the point where she fixed the old um and then she walks into the room and he walks right past her and it, she has this look on her face like she expected him to kiss her when she mm -hmm. walked in the room and yeah, it's like yeah. wait what where's this coming <laughs> from and now they're in love okay all right what yeah the yeah so there are a lot but you know i'm saying all this but the movie's fun like <laughs> i still enjoyed the movie but it's it, like looking at it critically it the pacing is terrible and the the writing like leaves a lot to be desired and then the way it's edited together from time at times is just like why is this happening and then as you said it's not really a horror movie and i think that's because they really cut one of the main scenes that would have made it a horror movie tell me about it what you talking about so mary warnov who plays the the channeler uh, yeah. who's in a ton of 80s horror movies chopping mall um, everybody's in chopping mall dude well that's true she she's in others as well other than she's in terror vision uh you know all, all sorts of good great stuff night 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 of the comet that's a good one as well wow anyway mary warnov she plays the channeler and what was what was originally shot was when she gets possessed she takes her like strips her top off and she has demon eyes the devil's eyes in her tits oh and then he stomps her chest in and takes the demon eyes whoa okay that's kind of weird that's brutal and weird and would have made it much more of a horror movie and also probably would have made it stick in people's minds a lot more yeah because they would have been like ah witch's teat sure yeah but also remember when he stomped in her chest that's How insane that? yeah <laughs> well you know what they say though man the the nipples are the eyes of the boob <laughs> they do say that a lot they do say that i so. always wondered why they were saying that but the yeah i guess it's because of this movie <laughs> <laughs> so that would have been really fucking crazy and hyper disturbing to see i mean you know he cuts her eyes out with a piece of that shattered crystal, which is pretty fucked up anyway. Yeah, that was like, the those were the reshoots there where they were like, Well, how do we, you know, explain that he's carrying these eyes around? It doesn't then explain why they're hypnotoed eyes. 
Okay, Which would right. have been explained by, oh, they're the devil's eyes, not hers. Yeah, that's something that, that I really noticed this time around, is it was just like, okay, you know, there's the whole, like, uh, channeling possession scene, which is cool, and I like the makeup that they did on her, yeah. too. I think that looks cool. really, really sick. And then cuts the eyes out, and it's like, oh, my God, the eyes are going to guide him around. That's so fucking metal. But then they do look really fucked off, don't they? Yeah, yeah. They, they're, and that's because they're supposed to be devil eyes, like, Otherwise, that makes zero sense. Like, because when we see her turn into this like demonic thing, her eyes still don't look like that. No, so not really. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that doesn't a make much sense. Miss. And that also just kind of like goes by the wayside real quick. The devil eyes, like he only has them for a brief moment. Yeah, and you just kind of assume like, okay, that's how he knows to go here to get this page and go to this other place to get that other page. Like, you just assume he's using him, I guess. Yeah. I just, I wanted more devil eyes is what I'm saying. They they looked cool and like the way they moved them and stuff. Like I, I liked it. Yeah, I think so too, man. Now I'm just saying, if you put Hunter Hearst Helmsley and <laughs> Lucius Malfoy into uh-huh. the the telepods from the fly, would you not get Julian Sands and Warlock? You would. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's uh. <laughs> an absolute but if <laughs> you looks like. i wish they had gotten hunter hearst helmsley to play lucius malfoy oh that would have made God. him way more intimidating <laughs> just fucking pedigreeing people yes. left and right yeah pedigreeicus <laughs> i mean that is kind of his backstory right like pedigree is the name of his his finishing move was about like his bloodline and stuff yeah. so he basically loves lucius, lucius malfoy, malfoy. oh uh-huh. he's one of those pure bloods huh you think that's where the the notorious turf J.K. Rowling got the idea? She was watching some WCW wrestling back in the day. Oh my and she god! Was like, yes, this Jean Paul Levesque here, he's he's a real he's a real type to call someone a mud blood. I imagine. <laughs> what if it turns out that you could trace like all the ideas from the Harry Potter books back to something that happened in wrestling? It's just like clear that. as day, right? That would explain Hagrid. I mean, he's yeah. basically the giant. I think that's true. Well, he's We're basically under the giant because he's here. gentle too. So that's true. That's You're what it is. Something here. You heard it here first, man. There's that scene where, um, isn't it where Fenrir Greyback, um, he he body slams, <laughs> he body slams him, and then like gives him the old leg drop and pins him. Yeah, that's true. That does happen. Yeah. The crowd went Fenrir wild. Greyback is Hulk Hogan, is what I'm saying. Yeah, obviously. I don't know how that works, but it works. There is also that scene where Voldemort and Gandalf are fighting, and uh, he gets chokeslammed through that, that steel cage, right? Yes. I thought Voldemort so. and Gandalf. Yeah. And From Gandalf gets slammed through. <laughs> and he's like, you shall not pass. And, yeah. yeah. Straight through the cage. Oh, my God, he's dead. Spoilers. <laughs> that's what happens in the book. Yep, pretty oh, much. Man. Good Harry pretty Potter much. talk. What are we talking about again? Uh, Julian Sands. I think that he's like a great villain in this. I think that he has this like cold, villainous, um, man witch sort of quality to him. I think he's he's actually good man witch quality. I could put him between two buns and just have him for lunch. (laughs) Just sop him up, huh? Yeah. Yeah. He's gross, by the way. Man witch -witch is gross. I I mean, yeah, as a concept, it really just ends up like a soggy mess. Yeah. But boy, every time I've ever had one, I was super hungry, and they hit the spot. 
I don't there know when the go. last time I had one, though, was. Well, you know what? I think that us bunch of uh, just moron libtards like us, we're going to need to start making a woman witch and a person witch. Okay? That's what I think we should do. A woman witch and a <laughs> person witch. I'm waiting for, like, a dumb family member to post, like, a Facebook post of, did you hear them liberals That's what they're going for. person witch? A woman witch, a person witch. Uh-huh. They can't let us have man witch no they more. They want to make a they witch. <laughs> they witch, that's what it's going to be. Because they use pronouns. <laughs> I do not. I never use pronouns. Not like they do. You'll never catch me going into a restaurant ordering a they witch. I'm going to go in with my Mr. Potato Head and order my man witch, by God. <laughs> I'd just like to say, if anybody Happy can find holidays. any... holidays. Hell no. <laughs> man witch. <laughs> man witch. <laughs> I just want to say, if anybody can find any episode of any horror movie podcast that contains as much talk about man witch as this episode has... <laughs> I will eat my hat and slather yeah. it in Manwich. <laughs> Somebody's going to send us a link to the Manwich podcast. Yeah. And it's going to include in the link, they still don't beat you. Yeah, it's like, I can't believe it, but they actually didn't do it. I timed <laughs> They it actually talked more. about Warlock more than you did. <laughs> what the fuck? One star. <laughs> they which is the funniest they shit witch. I think I've ever heard. That's so stupid. But also, like, yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah I mean, God. whatever. Yeah. It's fucking funny. But anyway, he's great in this. I think that he's really <laughs> a great villain. And um, I think that what's-her-name in here is great is Daryl Hannah. <laughs> old daryl hannah in here yeah uh yeah. Lori singer does look like daryl hannah a good bit yeah Lori singer as daryl hannah as, as uh, cassandra with it? a k cassandra with a k that's right yeah that's her entire list of characters my god does she ever look a lot like daryl hannah she does look a lot like daryl hannah um Lori singer interesting i didn't know this about her at all but she went to juilliard at 13 for uh, she's the like prodigy cellist and at the time was the youngest person to graduate from juilliard i don't know if she still don't say yeah uh and then she became a model and an actress much you know uh much like you do you're like Like i'm gonna play this cello you know what i'm gonna act i'm gonna be in fame how about that i'm gonna be in footloose what's up now i'm gonna be in warlock okay maybe that was a misstep some people they just get it all and it seems like she achieved that who else do we got in this movie that's any good oh well you may have heard of redfern aka richard grant who was uh he's in a bunch of stuff but particularly bram stoker's dracula i wanted to point out i felt like such a dumbass whenever you told me that because i mean i've seen that movie 800 million times yeah and I'm sitting here yeah. watching Warlock being like, I don't think I've ever seen this guy in anything. Pretty sure I haven't. I think he did this movie then died, I guess. <laughs> he must like, have. No, you've seen him as fucking uh, Dr. Seward like a hundred million times as I've watched that movie. So dumb. Uh, also, as I said earlier, Mary Warnoff's in this as the channeler. But I really wanted to spring this one on you. The gas station attendant, Ben. Rob the gas Paulson station guy is okay. the name of the actor. His name was Robert Paulson. He's from His Fight Club. His name was and still is Robert Paulson. Oh, okay. um, he was the voice of several cartoon characters, and it's still the voice. Hey, look at his his IMDb is insane. He is yeah? in every single cartoon, but 
He was the original Raphael on 1987 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh. He was also Spike in Land Before Time. Maybe you've heard of it. What the fuck? Now, but this one's where I'm really going to put you in the ground. You ready for Uh this? You're going to come everywhere. I'm sitting down. Okay. He was Yakko in Animaniacs. (laughs) Really? Yep. Yakko. What in the fuck? Yeah, this guy has had an amazing voice uh, career. Like, he's in, I, I swear, like, I was looking through his stuff and it was just like, this is every like he's in every single thing. Like That's so insane. go check out his IMDb. That's a crazy thing, is like when you start looking at all the cartoons and stuff that we watched as kids, there was really only like five people at the mic for all of them. <laughs> wow, that's cool. I had no idea that that guy was like a big ass name that was, you know, a part of so much of my childhood. I just thought he was gas station guy. <laughs> yep, that was it. And then he died. He he and Richard Grant just died after this. Yeah, they're like, it's not going anywhere else after this. Just check out early. <laughs> we hit our heights. <laughs> and, of course, you know, another huge plot line going through this movie is, of course, um, her diabetes. Very important for the story. <laughs> I hated that so much because it's just there to set up that she'll have needles at the end. Yeah, That's it. because... It's not like if you rolled onto a river bank in fucking L.A. or wherever that, you know, it wouldn't just be littered with used needles that you could just fill with seawater and make a witch explode with, I guess, right? <laughs> I mean, well, they're in Boston. And as we know, no one in Boston uses any intravenous drugs. So That's snorting country right there. You're right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Boston, uh, a.k.a. snort country. Snort country, they call it. Uh, yeah, no, that that would have made way more sense for them to just, you know, be like, well, oh, oh look, a needle on the ground, um, rather than three different occasions where they establish, no, she's really got diabetes, guys. She's, yeah, really, really. keep this in mind. It's going to be real important when she mm-hmm. just has needles. Yeah. What? She's got to have like, them for some reason, right? And also, like... Uh, it's just so convoluted. That's what I'm saying. Like the the it's so tortured. Like there's you, better ways to get there. There would be better ways to get there, or you could just not have that be the thing. Like she doesn't have to inject him with seawater. Yeah. Also, why does it make him like vein out and explode and turn into a meat skeleton? Oh, because salt. Oh it, yeah, as they, they establish the salt, which you're is right. loath salt. Right. Which right, would right. make their food taste terrible. It'd be very, very bland. Next time you go to a boomer's house, just start looking around. Are they witches? Is that why the oh. food's so bland? Ooh, you might be onto something right there, mm-hmm. huh? <laughs> I'm going to be questioning everybody that offers me Mrs. Dash from here on out. <laughs> Here's some boiled chicken and Mrs. Dash. Excuse me? May <laughs> it's I see a minute your rice. That is, we somehow overdid. May I see how sweaty your horse is? Oh, Are man, you what? Witch? What? <laughs> sweaty horse. That was the weirdest thing. Like yeah, he was so was sweaty though. Horse. I was like, "What? Sweaty horse?" Yeah. Horse oh, sweaty horse. Must be a witch around. <laughs> I'll tell you this though. Okay. As far as like the dietary undertones of this movie, because there's a dietary subplot here. Okay, and I think we need to talk about it because in the original script for this, they wrote it as if. The warlock was this misunderstood man out of time yeah. that was being persecuted and stuff. And then they changed their mind and they were like, oh, I don't know, just make him the bad guy. It makes more sense. But 
the message of misunderstanding and persecution still runs through this movie. And I just want to say that this movie is all about people harassing a person living a ketogenic lifestyle, okay? <laughs> Think about it this way. The whole movie, what's this guy eat? Nothing. There's nothing around for him to eat. Everything's all full of carbs and sugar. He's like, I guess I got to eat this uh, child fat, right? Right, He knows yeah. that that'll sustain him, keep the carbs away, keep him looking slim and trim. Uh, also, the fats are going to help him feel full all day and make him fly. That's a nice side effect. Uh, it is, it is. And that's honestly, uh, as someone who, who uh, has done keto, that, yeah, if you if you eat just child fat, you will fly. Right, of course. And then he's being persecuted by these people whose dietary habits are so out of control that she's got full-blown diabetes and she's a young lady. And she's she the is. one persecuting him? <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it. Exactly. I That's what this movie is really about. That is. You got to look through the keto lens, I think, sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And then at the end of the movie, his destruction is them forcing their dietary supplements on him. Eat salt, oh. witch face, she says. And the, yeah. Salt, notoriously not allowed in keto. No None salt, they say. No, uh -uh. none of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we know. It is known. <laughs> so, yeah, this movie is about people picking on people living their keto lifestyle steve wow i want to talk first i want to talk about her uh her fear of aging and um what's going on there <laughs> okay so uh, the actress playing a 20 year old is 30 okay and yeah. they put makeup on her to make her look 40 now i i looked up pictures of Lori Singer when she was 40. Guess what she looked like when she was 40? Pretty much what she looked like when she was 30. Oh, okay. All right. Well, and now well, she's almost 60, and guess what she looks like? Pretty much what she looked like when she was 30. Hmm. So, hmm. on the movie, they were going to put tons of prosthetics on her to make her look old. Uh, and it was reported that she was difficult for not wanting this. And she was right. Turns out she was right. She knew better. She knew I'm not going to look like somebody with a bunch of fucking prosthetics in 30 years. And it will look better if you don't use the prosthetics. And it does. The less prosthetics hmm. they used, the better it looked. Like the, the 40 version of her... Uh, just aside from the fact that they gave her all gray hair and made her look way older than a 40 year old yeah. would <laughs> aside from Did that fact, rascals make this movie <laughs> yeah like aside from that it looks she doesn't look outlandish then they put those like jowls on her and it's like uh, and it looks kind of bad at the corners of her mouth yeah and stuff and it's just like mm, that you know you could again just like go gentler on the makeup she was right they were wrong. They would have Turns made out. her look ridiculous. But my favorite part of the makeup is how she, like, after she ages, she gets that peanut butter solution hair. <laughs> yeah, it grows, it grows like, I guess it's supposed to be 20 years of growth, but 20 years of growth would be way more than that. Uh, but then, like... My fingernails didn't grow? Uh, well, they did the first time. But 20 but years, the, those, those but look not like 20 years. World, yeah, world record fucking fingernails. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So why even do that? Why not just age her and not like introduce the concept that her her, her hair and stuff also grew because you're mm. not going to be able to hit it at 20 years. And then they also don't really 
do it each time because the next time it's like n- not nearly as long yeah again and, then and it's i feel just, like it's for like one shot and then and it's just one shot yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah it's just like the inconsistencies and stuff throughout there's even like character inconsistencies and stuff too where it's like they just flew to boston on a plane to like go do what they're going to do and then they're running down the street and she's like so what are you gonna do and it's like well seconds ago you were confident in the plan and now you're like wait what's gonna happen like why didn't you ask these questions on the cross-country flight (laughs) hmm okay that's fair that's fair. <laughs> there is some good dialogue and stuff in some of this, and some of it has some some funny shit in there, some oldie-timey sort of sayings and things that are going on that I think are, are pretty good in this. Yeah, my favorite, Ben, is when she's asking. It's like early when he shows up, the, the Red Fern shows up, the, the witch finder. Uh, she's asking about the warlock, and he says... He calls him the rudest to ever trouble daylight. Damn, cold. And one, um, that's just like so light. Like if you're trying to convince somebody, <laughs> oh, this guy needs to die, calling them rude is not really going to do it. <laughs> well, he is very crass. I mean, true, sure. But uh, like that's no reason to kill someone. Uh, <laughs> Maybe but- in your world. <laughs> but then I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? If Ric Flair had been British, this is the type of thing he would have said about himself. <laughs> I'm the rudest to ever trouble daylight, isn't I? <laughs> that is extremely accurate, and yes, that is exactly what he would say. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many like weird like old-timey bits and... He keeps saying, you you search thither, and I'll search thither. Yeah, there's plenty of that, hither and thither talk, yeah. Yeah, like, what what for? What is this for? And then they run, <laughs> they run into a Mennonite, which this is a little bit of an inconsistency. The Mennonites yeah. didn't come around before uh, the, uh, 1691. Yeah, yeah, so he wouldn't have known what that was. No, he'd have been like, cool beard and that's kind of it yeah that would have been it like whoa i like your barn (laughs) did you guys (laughs) raise this all together cool (laughs) and of course you know it's during that section of the movie that we get treated to some amazing green screen flying special effects and stuff (laughs) that look perfect they look great they look talk about the special effects in this a little bit because like okay like they're bad but they have charm to them they do it's kind of like this man i feel like it's like looking at you know fucking super mario brothers 3 and being like man these graphics suck there's no depth to them and it's just like well that's part of the appeal it's an 80s game it's a retro game and shit but like with it's got a certain style to it it does right and it's kind of like the the uh the shortcomings are now part of that style you know we're at that era where you can look at this and see him shooting fire out of his hands and it's clearly Uh, just painted onto the onto the film but that's nostalgic. It looks like an 80s fantasy movie, and I'm okay with that. That's cool. Yeah, that, that animation bit was really cool to me. And yeah, you're you're exactly right, because it is cool to me because it has that feel. Not because it's great or perfect, but because it has a particular feel. And that's kind of what this movie did to me throughout, is it has a particular feel that I like. Even though I keep pointing out all of its flaws, I still enjoyed watching the movie. 
Oh yeah, totally, man, totally. So yeah, some of the other special effects, like the uh, the green screen flying part, some of them look okay, and then other times, like there's a scene where uh, the warlock is flying out of that barn. Right. <laughs> either the barn's like fucking 600 feet tall or he's three feet tall one of the other because he's tiny <laughs> the perspective keeps changing and it's it's bad but when they do the practical stuff like the eyeballs that looked really cool i like yeah, that totally yeah yeah so there's kind of a mix of stuff in here that you know none of it really looks great but some of it's kind of nostalgic fun and then some of it's just like nostalgic like not really good <laughs> but right it doesn't detract from the movie to me it's not one of those things where i'm like man i was really into it and then this took me right out of the atmosphere there's no truth in this art like it didn't <laughs> do that to me it's like no yeah, sure it's fine no it, it it just kept like um it kept charming me while i was seeing its flaws like i'd just oh, be yeah. like oh that's really stupid yeah whatever Pretty um, much, man. Yeah. But I will say, like, in terms of some of the, the other visual aspects of the movie, um, a lot of the sets and like map paintings and stuff, they look I great. Think look great. Like, yeah. Especially like the the cemetery and stuff at the end. Yeah. Uh, where you've got like kind of the map painting backdrop of of the city of Boston behind them, and it's all smoky and foggy and moonlighty and stuff. Like, I think they look pretty damn good. I think so too. I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed that look, and I think it's well shot. This is directed by Steve Miner, who directed friday 13th part two and three and house ah. before this so like he's already got you know his horror cred and th those movies are you know well shot you know three's not great <laughs> i hate three yeah. but that's because they decided to do the 3d but uh, whatever but he also directed lake placid a movie i talked about earlier and halloween h2o so, so <laughs> he's got his horror cred but also some not great ones um yeah yeah. But he, this movie looks good. It's well it shot. Does. The 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 sets and stuff. I like the that uh, the Witchfinder guy Redfern is wearing the those furs the whole time. Like, yeah, it, it's so like it keeps him out of time. It like it keeps us from forgetting that. Oh yeah, he's from the past. Mm -hmm. uh, because with Julian Sands with Warlock, he just kind of blends right in. Like he's and he tries to use that like charm and subtlety and stuff with people and it works. So like he he's able to blend into the time even though he's you know well out of his element as well, which mm -hmm. is like a, that that's like that's like a problem of character consistency throughout this. But it also sets up a character that I think pays off pretty well in part two in the Armageddon where he uses his charm and stuff to get what he wants, but he's also this obvious villain. This doesn't do a good enough job of making him overtly villainous, even mm. though he kills a child. Now, I can't remember. In Armageddon, is that the one where he has to, like, drill into a meteor to save the world? Is that that yeah, one? Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. I could stay awake just, just to see. <laughs> I thought yeah. so. Dude, I'll tell you who else has got some fucking credibility in this fucking movie. Our man Jerry Goldsmith oh, on yeah. the soundtrack action. Mm -hmm. Holy moly, man. He kicked it, Jerry man. Jerry Goldsmith, man. Like, everybody knows John Williams. Everybody knows Hans Zimmer and stuff. But, man, Jerry yeah. Goldsmith, he, he wrote some ass, fucking man. slappers, man. Yeah. Yeah, and it, this is uh, very solid for a movie, you know, that um, had a $15 million budget. Uh, and I... I can see that, that, like, they put it in certain places. They put it in the music, but they they didn't, 
I don't know. It feels like the budget... You could maybe shed Jerry Goldsmith and put more of your budget towards making those green screen things look better or maybe, maybe paying your be. writer to do rewrites to make it all make sense. But yeah. I'm glad the Jerry Goldsmith score is there because, as I said, this movie charms me. And so that that score just really helps me stay in it the whole time. Right, dude. Now, let me ask you one thing about this, uh, and I want to know how you think this was handled and stuff, because you know how it is, man. Whenever you watch a movie, especially from this time period of the 80s into the early mid-90s and stuff like that, and you're introduced to a, a gay character, oh, I don't know yeah. about you, but like my, my, you know, my stomach automatically kind of does a flip, and it's just kind of like, how bad is this going to be handled this mm-hmm. time? Because usually it's really bad. <laughs> like... Really, well, really, really bad. How do you think this movie does with this? I, in this case, I mean, Chaz, I think, is just presented as, uh, you know, um, he, he is presented as white bread, basically. Yeah. And she says later, uh, he's not queer, he's gay. And I had to yeah. go back and look this up because, I mean, queer has been, uh, you know, taken back by the the queer community and, yeah. and used since the late 80s sure so in this sense what she's saying is he's not flamboyant which um okay so see i took it to mean he's not he's not deviant is how i took it because they were asking her questions like does he hang out with parks or ever diddle kids or what the fuck ever they're talking about and she's like no he's just gay right flamboyant would mean he's he's not in your face about it and that's how they write the character and that is um that makes it a disrespectful presentation i think if they don't include that if they just show Chaz and be like oh he's gay and then like that like that's kind of the end of it it's like oh okay whatever but when they specify that he's not flamboyant that you wouldn't know he's gay basically Mm-hmm. Uh, that that then makes the character like, oh, this 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 is the presentation of how gays are supposed to act. You're supposed mm-hmm. to try to fit in, and I guess not kiss your boyfriend in front of people or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I I didn't have a problem with Chaz's character until she says that because before Word. that it is just like, oh, he's just they they're presenting a gay character very like flippantly like just like look we have this character he is gay that's that just deal with it but then they go out of their way to make an excuse for having this character and i didn't like that i wasn't a fan but yeah also the way they present it as you said is like you know he's not a kid diddler or whatever like yeah again it's just like this idea of deviancy and it is 89 i mean we're not expecting people to have the most evolved uh, understanding, but also it's not great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I feel like ultimately, too, it's just the cops that are just kind of assuming that he must be some yeah. kind of a deviant or something like that, too. Because even like, even like the fucking warlock guy doesn't give a shit. Like, she doesn't give a shit. Nobody cares. But it's right. just the cops, the authority figures that are just like, oh, he's probably one of those deviants, isn't he? Well, and it is L.A. in the 80s. I mean, there, there was much more acceptance. So, yeah, definitely. There, there, it's a mixed bag. Any, yes, exactly. Could have been worse. Anytime you deal with uh, a gay character in the 80s and 90s, you know, that's basically your, your roof is could have been worse <laughs> rather than <laughs> a good representation. 
not exactly a great standard to have right but, you yeah could have been worse i guess man <laughs> i also like uh in that scene that like he's wearing the scorpio ring and he says you know so 60s of me i i don't know if you remember this in the 90s there was a resurgence of astrology like people oh, got yeah. more into astrology again and then it oh, went yeah. away so many, like like people our age that are just like oh he's a scorpio like so right. many yeah yeah uh, and now, 30 years later, it's come back again. Are we just the most boring species on the planet? We just run in 30-year oh, yeah. cycles where we just do the same stuff over and over and over again? Yeah. Pretty, hey, could you hang on just a second? got to go feed my Tamagotchi. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> the 90s are back, man. People are People are bringing all this 90s stuff back. And as someone who lived through the 90s, it's... Guys, it sucked. It, the nineties. <laughs> I don't know what people, you're talking about, man. People Fucking looked drinking, like hell most surge, of the time, man. Listening to my <laughs> Smashing Pumpkins while I dial up some internet. Yeah. What kind of fucking reality did you live through, man? I, I guess I missed all the cool stuff. I never <laughs> liked Surge. Like I was the oh, only yeah. fucking kid that I knew that didn't like it. It was like this. This kind of tastes like shitty gatorade and it gives that me heart palpitations it, yeah. it did taste like shitty gatorade and there was so much sugar in it and that's why we liked it because of all the sugar probably yeah yeah <laughs> i and never the did sh- shitty Not gatorade me. flavor <laughs> <laughs> yeah overall this is just a fun like saturday afternoon movie for me this is not one of those ones that i'm gonna no, be like man. oh man this is essential halloween watching you want to light up a black flame candle and turn off all the lights and watch some warlock and get spooky with your Ouija board. Like it's not really, it's not really like that, but it is just a fun one to have on. And I feel like even if you haven't seen it, you can just have it on the TV while you're doing stuff around the house and you won't miss much and you'll catch things that you think are cool. And then you'll go off to, you know, vacuum the next room or whatever, come back and be like, Oh, there's still a witch in I see. (laughs) Yes. That's pretty accurate. Uh, I, I would suggest that be the way people watch this, in fact. Yeah. And really, like, the, the pacing does have issues. And again, there are kind of long stretches of the movie where you're like, do we need to be watching this? Shouldn't there be some action or something going right. on? But the constant integration of just like, whoa, witches can do this? This affects a witch? You can fucking stake a nail into the ground and it'll hurt his foot where he stepped? What? Like, that's really cool. I would have tried yeah. to find a fucking dick print in the dirt and hammered that thing. <laughs> Like, would have been amazing if like she looks in the dirt and there's just this huge dong print just like dick and balls and she's like got it that would have been great <laughs> but yeah like the constant introduction of all this new witch stuff is really what kept me interested um, as well as just the setting and the time period and stuff I'm just always a sucker for anything that's from yeah. this era it's a fun movie and honestly like I think if you want to enjoy this movie the most don't do a podcast about it yeah yeah don't you know, don't look at it too critically it's um because it it yeah it falls apart pretty quickly <laughs> it's not great when you see it that way but i mean for me it's like uh you know if i'm if i'm a slapper rating on it we're we're de- there we're deciding our the fate of warlock here yeah it, it's it's got to be somewhere between it's it's actual quality and my enjoyment of it Mm-hmm. My enjoyment of it isn't like a 10 or anything, but yeah. it's fun. Uh, I, I enjoy it. I like it. I think it's it's a fun little movie. Uh, and the stuff that I don't like about it, I can laugh at. I totally. think it's, it's kind of like... It's one of those, yeah. 
yeah, it's 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 not so bad. It's good because it, it's good on its own. But the bad parts kind of amplify the fun. But it, it is it is not great. So for me, this is probably like a like a four, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, my enjoyment of it's probably around like a six. But uh, uh, overall, it's probably about a four. Would you say your enjoyment is maybe even a six point six six? Yes, I would say that. Yeah. Uh, now hail we're Satan. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it, man. Like, I usually rate stuff just in terms of like how much fun I had when I watched it. So for me, I'm gonna say this is like a six to me. Yeah, solid. It's man. above average, you know. Like, mm-hmm. there's definitely worse things that you could watch. There's definitely a lot better things that you could watch. But you know, yeah. I love some like uh, some some witchy stuff, some supernatural stuff. Me too. I love yeah. '80s action, man out of mm-hmm. time kind of stuff, and this gives it all to me. So I had a good time watching it. Uh, but again, don't think too hard about it. It won't really make a lot of sense. Just <laughs> no. watch it while it's on in the background. Have yourself some fun. Play a game on your phone um, while you're watching this movie or whatever, and you're going to have a good time. Now, I bet that we're going to have a better time watching this movie than we do watching next week's movie. Uh, but before we announce that, I just want to remind everybody to support us over on that Patreon page. It's where yes. you can go to give us your dollar papers, and you get extra stuff for giving us your dollar papers. It's true. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there, become a $5 patron. You get to submit a movie to the smoking bowl. We randomly draw from that bowl once a month and yeah, we, we uh, review that movie. Also, you get access to the, uh, the, uh, 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 what do you call it? Patreon exclusive <laughs> podcast episodes uh, uh, on any level uh, from $1 to five or whatever you give us, you get access to those. So head on over there, patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Also check us out on social media, Instagram, uh, Twitter at dead lovely pod. We're on facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely pod. We're all over the damn place. You can find us. That's right. Go searching around and you will find you don't even need no witch compass to track us down. You don't need traces of our blood that you found with some vacuum cleaner dust. You can just type it into that Google machine. It'll do all the hexing and witching for you. Uh-huh. And also, hey, uh, uh, head on over to the Screaming Chat on Friday nights uh, or Ice Cream Sunday on Sunday nights. We watch a movie and we chat about it on Discord. Uh, and we're going to start a, a little suggestion Ben gave me the other night. Going to start Creamin' Chat. Where mm-hmm, we watch right. porn together and just talk about it. Yeah, exactly. And cream. Yeah. And cream, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes perfect so, sense to me. So, it's down for cream and chat. Let me know. Yeah. I also had another idea. I want to see if this is going to be a popular vote that we watch uh, surgery procedure videos together and talk uh-huh. about them. And it's called Spleen and Chat. Spleen and Chat. Okay. Yeah. That sounds you know, fun. It's worth a try. Yeah. If the interest is there, we'll pursue it. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine Tuesday night being a spleen and chat night. Spleen and chat. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, be sure to check us out on all those things and tune in next week when we're going to be talking about... Question I mark? still know what you did last summer. I mean, it is, you know, the summertime is upon us. Summertime. Yeah, it's... Dude, um, I'll tell you what. I know what you did last summer. Uh, Same thing that I did. Stayed inside a lot. Sat Didn't go anywhere. Sat on my ass doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, still know what you did last summer. It's got it's got uh, that uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt in it. It's got that uh, Brandy in it. It's got Jack Black in it. 
it's no good. It's bad. Can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> I'm so excited. I've never seen it before, but I'm sure it's going to be horrible, and I'll it's probably fun. like kind of be okay with it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so tune in next week for that one. In the meantime, be sure to rate and review on Apple Podcast, and uh, that'll help us out a ton. Really, seriously, seriously, yeah, absolutely, yep, seriously, seriously, helps us out a lot. I get slower and lower when I'm being super serious. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. <laughs> rate and review on there and uh yeah tune in next week for the newest installment of dead and lovely with your host uncle ben hollywood steve witches all of them witches oh no burn them all and with cats apparently yeah. cats oh my god why drag the kittens into this i don't know it's really sad it's the first shot of the movie anyway i know love you bye <laughs>so you know so many of us we watch our diet we try to get a full eight hours of sleep every night and stuff we eat healthy we exercise all this kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. yet here we are and we're like god i'm tired all the time you know i don't have energy and stuff like this right yeah okay meanwhile i was at like a big family fourth of july gathering the other day and uh you know a bunch of our friends have kids and stuff all like you know four years old and younger and shit and these kids you know you got to treat them like puppies where you just got to give them tasks to do to get the energy out, right? Just wear right, these kids out because yeah. they're just balls of fucking energy. Yeah, so much energy. Yeah, and so there's like this huge grassy hill behind the house, and it was just like, hey, let's see if anybody can race to the top and see who can touch that tree first. And these kids, <laughs> I'm talking just ran up this steep-ass like 50-foot hill like 15 times in a row, <laughs> running up and down, running up and down, running up and down, and like, you know, they're doing this in fucking kid shoes, which are made to be destroyed. One kid was doing this wearing fucking, like, ill-fitting children's cowboy boots. Yeah, that sounds right. Do you know what kind of destruction that would cause to our ankles if we did that same shit? So anyway, they were running up and down this hill just like fucking crazy. And I was like, dude, I seriously think if somebody handed me a $100 bill right now and said, you can have this if you run up and down that hill a few times, I'd be like, it's not worth it. I'm not doing it. It's not worth it to me. Huh. But it did get me to thinking. About this. Okay. Maybe we've got this all wrong. Okay. We try to get all this sleep. We try to get good food and stuff like this. We don't Uh have the energy. Meanwhile, little kids, they got all the energy. What do they do? They never fucking sleep, and you can't get them to fucking eat. All this eating and sleeping is just slowing us down. You you think? Yeah. Now, I'm going to question your experience with children, because, boy... They sure sleep and eat a lot. I don't know. Do they? Yeah, that's why when they don't do that, it's remarkable, and the parents are upset about it. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like everybody I know is just like, come on, kid, you got to fucking eat something. And they're just like wild, not going crazy, man. I'm going to try quitting eating and sleeping and just see what it does. I'm just saying. All right, just do that. But you have to go back to that hill and run up it 15 times. Touch the tree. To prove that it's working. Well, the thing is, it's going to be kind of a problem for the show because if next week we record and it's just like the sound of me recording like while doing jumping jacks and like running around the apartment (laughs) and doing like somersaults and shit like this, you're going to be like, damn, it's working too well. Give this man something to eat and put him down to bed. (laughs) He won't sit down. (laughs) Give him a nap.
You're just like Angus Younging around yeah. your fucking apartment. <laughs> Duck walking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While recording a podcast. It'll sound great. Yeah, I bet that would sound awesome. <laughs> Crank those noise gates up. It's going to be hairy. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs>